Hello everyone, my name is Sarah and it is a pleasure to welcome you to my chair. For the next few days, you will not only hear my voice, but that of my good friend and pastor, John Tiernan, as we talk through building the habit of finding your chair. Okay, John, so you're wading us into this water of habit building and giving us some real practical how-tos. And I was thinking about it, and we actually had a brief conversation like off mic, if you will, just about the idea that like sometimes I think, I talked yesterday about my vitamin habit, and to me that was just very much a like, oh, I've got to get better at this, so what am I going to do? Sometimes when it comes to like the find your chair habit, the prayer habit, those kinds of spiritual formation habits, I want to over-spiritualize it and be like, it should just be enough that God wants to meet me in my chair, that I go find it. And I'm human and I'm flawed. And so that that like beauty of meeting with God rubs up against the all the other stuff that has to happen in my day, all the other things that distract me. Yeah. And so yeah, I like just just briefly talk to that because I know today you're gonna talk about make it attractive. And so yeah. I feel like there's something there of like can we over-spiritualize the idea of finding your chair or building a habit? That's a great question. And, and as, I, as I shared yesterday, you know, we're getting all these four uh, approaches from, from Atomic Habits by James Clear, right? It's a book by a, a secular author, author but we're, I'm making the argument that mm-hmm. his practical suggestions help us become more like Christ in building habits because God created us to be creatures of habit. Yeah. So your question about over-spiritualizing, I think, comes to... Um, first off, am I doing anything sinful? No. Right. right. So like, there's just like a first, oh, yeah. first thing, like there's nothing good. S- sinful or wrong about, about the things that, that, uh, we're, we're encouraging people to do in this. And then the second thing is like, to what end? Why, why are we doing this? And ultimately it's out of commitment to God. Yeah. It's out of a, a desire to be more like Jesus and to be closer with him. And so therefore I'm going to do whatever he teaches me and reveals to me as a, as a way, a means to do that. Mm-hmm. And so if he shows me the way in which my brain functions to build habits, yeah. what a more honoring thing to do than to to take that into account in the way that I build right. spiritual habits, the way that yeah. I practice spiritual disciplines. Should that still start from a genuine desire to love God? Absolutely. Like right. that should be your starting point and a sustaining mm-hmm. uh, motivation throughout mm-hmm. building these habits that we're talking about. Um, but sometimes I think we we emphasize that so much that it should be all be about this this pure motivation to just love God that we don't also take into account the practical ways our brains work and yeah. how, we, how we build habits. Um, right. So I think you put the two together and I think God smiles when he sees us mm. like living out uh, in, in the human brains he's given us, building some habits that um, help us love him better. Yeah, I love that because we are embodied. Like he made us body, soul, mind, all of it. Yes. And so the whole of me the whole of me can be put into play in this, in yes. this whole endeavor to build these habits. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and love I, it. I just like a, a, an aside, I thrive more spiritually when I'm getting enough sleep, when I'm, when I'm uh, e- eating decently, even though Amen. I don't eat yes. decently. Like when I'm doing some of those <laughs> practical things about being a creature that, that cre- a created finite being. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think this kind of comes into that. There are habits that lead to us thriving spiritually. Awesome. Okay. So tell me about how I make it attractive. Yeah, so this idea is is that you need to see the habit as desirable. That action that you want to be doing every day, there has to be something about it. You're like, oh, I'm I'm looking forward to doing that. And so if you're just dreading it, if it mm. just look, it just feels like uh, 
torture is probably too strong. Yeah. Like, you know, like drudgery. If everything about it feels like it's drudgery, you're not going to sustain that. Right. Gonna be, you, might, you might willpower your way through it for a few days, maybe even a week or two, but eventually it's going to fall off. And so mm-hmm. what can you do to make it attractive, to make it enjoyable and meaningful, something you look forward to? And one of the things James Clear talks about is temptation bundling, which sounds borderline simple, <laughs> yes, right? Like, yes, yes. Like, oh, what, what, what kind of temptation are we talking about? Um, he gives examples like listening to a podcast you enjoy while you run. Mm, okay. Right? So I, okay. I, I'm not like thrilled about running. I know I should do it, but I'm not, but I'm excited to listen to my podcast. So yeah. I'm going to pair that mm-hmm. desirable thing with the thing that's not as desirable Got it. to motivate me. Let the, let the attractive thing tempt you to take the step to the thing that's hard. Exactly. Got now, it. now, once again, we're not trying to incorporate sinful no, temptations. No, no. <laughs> this. It's good things that you already enjoy that you can pair with finding your chair. Right. And so some are unrelated and some are actually in the, the, the practices of reading your Bible and prayer. So mm-hmm. let's start with some of the unrelated things, right? Having your favorite cup of coffee, mm-hmm. that something maybe you're already doing every morning, but saying, I'm going to drink that coffee that I enjoy, I look forward to while I read my Bible and pray. Mm-hmm. So now you've, you're you looking forward to coffee anyway. Now you're pairing it with this habit you're trying to build of finding your chair. Um, wh- where is that place that you can go as you as you choose your chair that is as comfortable and peaceful as possible mm. just by being there you're a, you're like a happier person yes that's okay that's okay to, to choose a place in your house that's away from the rest of your family mm-hmm. even though you might feel a little bad about isolating you're going to be a better version of yourself when you come back mm-hmm. so go pick that peaceful spot maybe you're looking out a window at a, at a beautiful part of you know of your neighborhood or your woods or wh- wherever you are um, maybe you're going to listen to worship music while you find your chair and there's just a uh, music that you really enjoy listening to awesome Uh, There's a a time and a place for complete silence, absolutely. But as you're building this habit and you want to incorporate some some music that you enjoy, that might be a really helpful thing to do. Mm -hmm. The other thing that makes it enjoyable and meaningful is what you're actually doing when you're reading the Bible in prayer. And so for some people, when you're learning this, there's just some like simple things you can do that will help you to make it a little more meaningful and not just feel like, well, I read it but it, it didn't make any sense. Or yeah, I like prayed this this prayer, but I just didn't feel like it was yeah. a meaningful prayer in any way. So something that someone encouraged me to do a long time ago was to write down one word or phrase of what I felt like God was communicating to me, trying to speak to me mm-hmm. through what I read. Mm-hmm. And just that practice of like focusing on one word or phrase ha- helps me get a sense of the Holy Spirit revealing yeah. truth to me. Uh, versus just reading it and checking the box and moving on. So good. So that's one for me. Um, journaling prayers is another one for me. Sometimes when I when I pray silently or even pray out loud, um, I'm less aware mm-hmm. of this conversation I'm actually having with God. And for some reason, writing it down helps me have that sense of, of yeah, I'm actually communicating to God um, in real time yeah. about what's on my heart. Yep. So those are a few ways that, that uh, for me, uh, I've had finding my chair become more attractive, more enjoyable or meaningful. Um, how about for you? Well, either things that you've done or you've heard other people have done to make finding your chair more attractive. Yeah. I feel like I specifically had conversations around this when COVID hit and people were talking about just like how to find that peaceful place mm. in their home when they felt trapped in their home. And so I, 
I feel like perhaps this is more on people's mind or in our consciousness than ever before. Uh, for me personally, the chair that I sit in is actually the chair that I sat in like when both my children were infants and babies. And so it's just like a super comfortable chair. It has an ottoman I can put my feet up. So in that practicality, it's a very attractive, very comfortable place uh, to be sitting. Yeah. Um, and it's also just like a peaceful space for me. Uh, I have a girlfriend who lights a candle every single time mm-hmm. she finds her chair because it it both represents like peace and calm, but it also, and it smells good. Um, but it also has that like imaging to her of like the presence of God being with her in that space, like by lighting the candle. Um, so those are ways that I immediately think of with make it attractive, but I love that you took it to the also of like, what are you doing during your time that's attractive to you? Like that it's not just like a dry stale, okay, I read this, now what? The, yes, have a journal, grab your writing utensil, write something down. Uh, Writing prayers for me has been game-changing, life-changing for me, getting them out of my head and onto a piece of paper. So I love that you shared that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think our temptation is to, is we think we have to find our chair the same way the person we admire most does it. Mm-hmm. And and really, there's a lot of different ways yeah. to interact with Scripture, mm-hmm. to read the Bible, and to, and to pray. Yeah, you might be a, a, a pray out loud while you walk person. Yes. While, while your your mentor mm-hmm. or someone who's been a spiritual influence to you is a silent, mm-hmm. still prayer. Mm-hmm. That is okay to pray differently. Absolutely. The goal is to to do it in a way that's meaningful for you. Yep. That makes you want to keep doing it every day. Yep. Yep. So good. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. My mind is like running. I can't wait to have conversations with people about this, and even just to think about my own my own habits and how I'm making these spiritual formation practices um, obvious and attractive so far. And then tomorrow, a little tease for tomorrow. What are we going to talk about? Make it easy. Ooh, what a word. All right. We hope to see all of you back tomorrow. Bye, John. Bye. Thank you for joining me in my chair today. John and I hope you found our conversation helpful. If you have, I encourage you to like, subscribe, and share. For more resources from Grace Church, visit whoisgrace.com forward slash read. I can't wait until we meet again.